Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Armin Grigic, and today with me is uh, Roland Kuipers. He is a CTO at uh, Schubert Villas. Welcome, Roland. Yes, Armin. Thanks uh, for having me. Um, could you tell me a little bit about your background and also how you got to uh, Schubert Villas? Uh, yes, of course. Um, I'm uh, with Schubert Villas as of uh, early 2006. And uh, my background started basically a bit around the dot-com bubble uh, in the more traditional ISP uh, world. So that's where I uh, uh, yeah, uh, got introduced to, uh, to, uh, to IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the older ISPs in, in the Netherlands. So a, a bit of a more of an infrastructure background in, in that sense. And um, uh, yeah, my, actually a school dropout. So I started there. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, after school, uh, basically temporarily. But uh, uh, yeah, it attracted me so much. Uh, I never uh, left uh, the, the industry. Yeah, so you started as an engineer at uh, Schubert Phyllis, right? Yeah. And uh, moved up. So h- how was that process like for you uh, from going from an engineering uh, to uh, going from being an engineer to being a CTO? Because I, I think that's interesting because I'm kind of made the same transition. So okay. uh, I, I was wondering how that transition was for you. Um, yeah, it actually felt pretty natural for me, uh, except once like you, you get the title and like I, I, at first I figured like uh, it, uh, it won't change that much, but yeah, obviously, uh, or obviously, maybe it's not so obviously, uh, but yeah, with the, with the title also sometimes comes that people have a, a different look at you. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, looking at my past, uh, having a strong engineering background, uh, always have a desire to do stuff more clever, more secure, faster. Uh, so innovation was always a big bit of a, a theme. Um, so yeah, naturally, it's also that you start to think at a different abstraction level, mm. and I think yeah, that's that's basically how I uh, grew into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that uh, from from my perspective as well is that I started as an engineer, and then you kind of go into the kind of more architecture role, right? Yeah. You're looking at it from a, a little bit of an abstraction layer, yeah. uh, and then after that, you see okay, but I, I'm pretty good at other stuff as well. So the soft skills about communicating and stuff yeah. like that, and then you. Well, you need to have some luck with it, right? (laughs) There has to be someone that says, okay, you could be a good CTO. Yeah, yeah, and also you need to like it, right? Like so, uh, and that's I still uh, uh, crave sometimes for it, just having some terminal time (laughs) and uh, uh, just being (laughs) be behind like the the terminal. Um, And I think that's also a good thing, right? Like Mm. uh, otherwise, like then then it becomes a lot of theory, and I yeah uh, try to find. Uh, yeah, time uh, to, to, to stay hands-on in that perspect- uh, uh, perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, th- I think that's crucial in in some cases to to know, right? So to keep up with uh, all the new trends that are are, are there, yeah. it's a little bit harder when you. I, I mean, speaking my, from my position, it's harder to to keep up with it as much as I did when I was an engineer yeah. because that's that's almost impossible because you're doing other stuff right you're thinking about other stuff where you're going with the company or where you're technically going and what kind of things you want to to explore right yeah. and that that's uh, that's been sometimes hard as you said yeah. <laughs> to 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 let that go right yeah. because you're you're focused on oh uh, how can i 
start up something and see if it works. Yeah. I still do that sometimes, yeah. right? So for some experiments or whatever, I'm like, okay, why not? I'm going to try, right? Yeah, that's what I like as well, right? Like to see where the, uh, the world is heading to and how we can uh, yeah, can adapt to that as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, putting that dot on the horizon and see how we how we can get there. Yeah. It can also be hard and comes obviously with frustrations. And yeah. I think that's, uh, that's also the, the side... Uh, yeah, uh, you you need to develop or uh, like you uh, yeah. Uh, you need to have yeah yeah. yeah. And w- could you uh, explain a little bit about what you do at Schubertville? So uh, not you specifically, but what kind of services you provide and stuff like that. Uh, as a company, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, traditionally Schubertville is is a bit known as a, uh, a quote unquote hosting company. Yep. And uh, that's also uh, like uh, where we. Uh, basically started uh, but in a niche uh, the, the the founders uh, have a background where uh, when they when they founded the company that uh, uh, if you look at the the, the marks customers gave uh, the IT companies were very low uh, and that they really had a vision that like it 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 must be possible to provide good IT services right like this was mm-hmm. around the, uh, the the century change um and that's also the vision they started off the, the company with, which also intrigued me when I, I started. Like, I really feel that, like, you can actually deliver good IT services versus mediocre IT services. And that's also why they said, okay, then we just need to focus and need to organize stuff differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so focus on this customer satisfaction. And the way they do that is basically having the operating model is, is based on the A-crisis model. So in traditional uh, IT organizations, you first, second, and third line, uh, you had a lot of knowledge silos, storage, networking, <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, software development, the database, Oracle, you name it. Uh, but when stuff broke, uh, the managers took the, the bright guys from the different silos, put them in the same room, and uh, they, f- they fixed the problem pretty fast. Yeah. And if you uh, kept them a bit longer in the room, uh, then they also uh, brought the fix for the future. So that's the operating model we st- uh, work from. Um, uh, dedicated teams uh, for a for a customer, um, and we did that uh, traditionally in in our own data center. Uh, but as you can imagine, it's also a bit of a premium model, so it comes also with premium customers. Yep. Um, uh, so that was a lot about dedicated infrastructure, dedicated hosting in our data center, complex, redundant infrastructure. Uh, but yeah, like no- nowadays, uh, there's cloud, so yeah. every startup can swipe his credit card and basically. Uh, yeah, have the the complex infrastructure uh, we yeah we built in 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 the past and and I, I think that's also what you see super how you see Superfilis uh, changing is that we're moving up the stack as well. So the services now uh, is still outsourcing and we still have customers in our data center and it's also customers who really cannot move to the cloud yet mm. or may, might never be able to move to the cloud. Um, uh, but in that sense, you see us doing much more software development, uh, uh, integration uh, 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 services of complex application landscapes, but also basically designing uh, banking platforms from scratch where we have a customer basically depicting the functional requirements and we help them basically engineer such a banking platform. Okay. Uh, but it's also f- uh, full on uh, digital digitalization journeys where we automate away paper trails uh, yeah yeah I, I think it's good to to go forward on that topic a little bit more because uh, that's something that we discussed a little bit uh, before we started but the what's interesting to me is that for example when I look at digital agencies right so they they started off with uh, with just building a website uh, and then they came at okay we need to host it somewhere yeah and usually what they would do is uh, they would either pick 
I'm going to do it myself. I'm getting people that can do this and we're going to do it ourselves at a hosting company or whatever. Uh, or they would pick a managed hosting company like Schubert at, yeah. at the time. Uh, what's interesting to me is that the other way around, so when the, you look at the hosting companies, they, uh, not Schubert in particular, but uh, other hosting companies are a little bit late to the party in that sense, that they don't see that they need to provide more than just the servers, right? Yeah. And more than just doing uh, the infrastructure and stuff like that. So yeah. how, how do you uh, how do you see that? So you've went through that transition already. So do you still feel that a lot of hosting companies are doing it, uh, are looking at it the wrong way still at the moment? How, how do you see that? Yeah, I think a big difference with the more traditional hosting companies and us also in the past is that we all have given uh, our focus on customer satisfaction. We uh, from the start felt we need to take ownership from the full stack uh, mm. and basically also uh, giving the guarantees on the functional side of things. Uh, so our SLAs were always based on 100% functional uptime. Uh, so that also focused us to think uh, about like, uh, it also moves you in a functional domain and having uh, uh, forcing you to think on how we can provide that end-to-end -end stability. Mm. So for us, it always was in, in our DNA um, and we slowly grew in also into, into software uh, development. Mm. Um, while you see still see a lot of hosting companies also providing managed services basically towards the operating system level and from there there's the demarcation for, uh, for the client. For the client. Yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting to see, like you also say, is obviously that whole ball game towards like having an operating system where you can run your code. It's now basically available, call it serverless or yeah. Uh, so I think a, a, a big challenge for these hosting companies is to figure out like uh, what is uh, like the, the the business value we can actually deliver uh, to a company. And I think that's also what we see. It's technology. There's so much technology. Technology. And I heard somebody say the other day uh, that we might be suffering from uh, technology obesity. There's so much, there's so much technology. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, and it makes it hard to focus and make choices. So what we tend to do, and that's also what I try to do with my team, is really focus on a, uh, yeah, a, a business, business challenge use case, but really define it clearly with the beginning and the end and focus on that and the business value that delivers to our clients and then see what technology follows suit to uh, to make it happen uh, yeah. depending on on their requirements um but yeah that that takes a different mindset and also different skills i guess yeah yeah and the the interesting thing here is that uh, there was a whole hype around the cloud right so yeah. going through transitioning to the cloud everybody needs to be in the cloud and uh, that was i don't know how, how many years ago but i think uh, 3 or 4 years ago it's still a little bit going like that but uh, the the i see a lot of companies not doing that right yeah. so they're still uh, hovering on the old platform or thinking about going to to the cloud uh, thinking about transitioning but they're not doing it so uh, do you have a or or do you think that that there is a real reason for that why people are still not doing it all, although you have all these advantages of yeah. course if you run in the cloud yeah, so uh, i think that we see a couple of themes with our enterprise customers is that uh, at some point it becomes strategic yeah? so everybody is doing so i must follow suit so that, yeah. that's one angle I think a lot of companies underestimate the, the, the paradigm shift you have to make. It's, it's a different beast, right? Like it's different than running VMs in your own data center. You suddenly, 
you still have the VM side, but there's so much more, right? Mm. I think so. Uh, having a, uh, a bit of a distorted view on the value the cloud is deliver is 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 part part to blame, uh, and also the the organizational change and the mindset change of the IT people. Um, um, but also what's in the way in the, by, with a lot of uh, enterprise uh, customers, uh, the, the, the policies they, they, they have, uh, the ways yeah. of working, the processes, which are not compatible uh, on a cloud platform. And uh, there's examples on like some, some companies need to vet and uh, write policies around single individual services. Uh, at least that's what they think they, 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 they need, they need to, to do. do. Yeah. Uh, so therefore also limiting the speed of adoption uh, for, to adopt the cloud. And the other side is, and I think that's a general IT problem, is that we tend to see, uh, tend to want to do too much at the same time. Uh, and then we fall in the trap of the waterfall projects. And uh, yeah, if a project nowadays doesn't fit in a, in a two year scope, uh, yeah, it's almost uh, flawed by design because the, te yeah. the, the technology pace is so fast. If you only look at what Amazon released last year, I, I think it's around 1,800 uh, new features and services they, they release. So you can imagine if you run uh, a two-year waterfall project, uh, it, like, yeah, technology will change while, you, while you're doing yeah, well, uh, your scope, if scope creep and uh, et cetera. Uh, so I think what we try to do is like start small uh, uh, and just get the momentum and get people on board and, and create a flywheel and, and move faster and faster. And, in the periphery, also do a bit of the organizational uh, change along the way, yeah. because that, I think that's unavoidable if you want to make. Yeah, it's it's a huge change from the traditional on-premise world to a high-paced, high-velocity uh, cloud world. Yeah, where you have all kinds of services that you can just almost plug and play and uh, start using. Right. Yeah. You had a good example before we started about the uh, about uh, one of your clients that you w worked for that they had a project that they w wanted to. Uh, or actually, you did a project where they used all kinds of services and it was set up within, I don't know what the period was again, but it was set up pretty quickly. So yeah. uh, how was that process like, right? So you have a client that's already working on something and already has yeah. something and you want to set up something new that's uh, fast, scalable and everything like that. H how did that go? Yeah, so in this case, it was uh, was a customer who had a um, uh, yeah a, a business to consumer uh, platform, but f um, f uh, um, how, do you, how do you say uh, suffering from uh, extreme peak loads, yeah. and uh, the platform uh, couldn't uh, cope with that. Uh, and obviously, around these peaks, uh, a lot of engineering effort went in to to keep the platform afloat and making sure like uh, customers could still use the, the platform. And with a small team, uh, we started to, to see like, so uh, this was a more traditional uh, platform still running in our data center. What if we uh, build a prototype of this platform fully cloud native uh, in the cloud? So we basically uh, mimicked uh, uh, the, the core platform, uh, but also started uh, doing this from a, a purely functional standpoint, uh, uh, focusing on like, uh, like the, the most modern technology. So we assembled a team of five guys. And yeah, it actually blew my personal mind as well, but we were able in like roughly three days to mimic the core functionality, prototype it on, on, uh, on, the, on Amazon in, uh, in this case, fully serverless, uh, and able to scale it uh, six times uh, the peaks we suffered. And uh, obviously uh, the, the, the footnote, it was a proof of concept, sure. but I think 
everybody could see this proof of concept if you would like extrapolate it like and make it a bit of a bigger project that it like uh, like had uh, yeah real um, uh, possibilities of uh, of replacing the the uh, the core platform and in the same time we're actually also being able because it because the toolbox the, the public cloud provides is to also add a lot of other functionality so they actually did not have any real time insights on conversion of this platform mm. uh, so we introduced event-driven patterns and therefore we were able to yeah, stream uh, real-time data into a data lake and give real-time insights on this proof of concept as well. Hmm. Uh, and I think uh, um, what's interesting and, um, and that's also uh, the discussions we sometimes have with customers, it feels very, um, how do you say, dangerous to throw away what you have and start something new from scratch. Yeah, for sure. And I think in this case, it was also where we tried to challenge the customer, like, uh, uh, if this is if this platform is so differentiating for your business, uh, uh, yeah, is this something uh, to consider to yeah take ownership and, and rebuild it? Um, yeah. uh, but this is also challenging, right? Like it means that you need to take on new skills. Um, uh, but I yeah. I think you can actually make a huge difference on the business side if you are able to make these uh, leaps. Yeah. yeah, and the interesting part here is that if you are talking about such a small period, it's also uh, telling the client, okay, look what we did in this kind of small kind of period. Yeah. What happens if, right? Yeah. What happens if we maybe build that out for three, four, five, six months? Yeah. Uh, what do you think we'll have by then, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting part is that uh, a lot of companies uh, look at... Uh, for example, building software or whatever, and they're like, okay, we need to build everything ourselves or uh, at least a lot of the things that we need to do, we need to build ourselves. And I think that's a bit of a, uh, a skewed perception, right? If you are Google, okay, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, build you build your own stuff yeah. by all means. But uh, if you're a smaller company, we're a smaller company as well. But uh, if you're a smaller company for with, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 people or something like that, you're not going to build everything yourself. No. doesn't make sense. Of course. It doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, use services for user management or whatever just to focus on your main thing, right? Yeah. What, what are you actually trying to provide for your clients? And I think the interesting thing is like, it, uh, even for this retail platform, it sounds like building everything from scratch. Yeah. But the toolbox the cloud provides, it's actually not building everything from scratch. No. A lot of the... The core stuff is 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 a service, so it's basically what 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 you need to codify is is the logic on top of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're calling the services right yeah. at, at the same time. So a great example I I find that uh, is Amazon Cognito, which has you can create users in it, you can do user management in it, you can yeah. do everything in it. They have the services to provide it to you to do it in a programmatic way as well yeah. uh single sign-on is in there and i'm like yeah okay why would i build this again yeah, exactly. <laughs> this yeah. whole thing that everybody has built a million times yeah. i probably think pro developers have done it like multiple times in their life yeah. uh, why would you do it again yeah. people will say okay you will have vendor lock-in well yeah. that's a that's yeah. a good uh that's a well it's a it's a I know why they say it, but uh, it's more from an IT side, right? The, yeah. the, the, a lot of the business side won't say, okay, we have lock-in, right? The, the, they it's don't about, see that. It's yeah. about the exit and how costly is this exit. Yeah. And if, if, if yeah, we discussed it briefly before, but like if you look at how outsourcing went like uh, in the past uh, and still uh, certain deals still nowadays, it's, it's with five-year cycles, right? Like yeah. uh, you, you do a tender uh, and uh, you have your short list, your long list, your short list, you select a supplier 
and they're going to run your IT for five years. Uh, and then all the, all the hardware is being deprecated after five years uh, and the whole process starts over. Uh, yeah. And if you select a different vendor, you basically move your whole business from vendor A to vendor B. That, that's how stuff went uh, in the past. It's even more impact, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because in, in most cases, you, um, yeah, you need to work with new people. They need to know what your platform actually is. Uh, they, they need to do all these kinds of things instead of just lifting and shifting your infrastructure, yeah. right? It's more than just that. So wh- what I was wondering about is that uh, you uh, you mentioned mission critical. So mi- mission critical to me sounds yeah. like you're uh, you're doing kind of space age stuff or something <laughs> like that. But uh, but what what does that what, to you? What does that mean? And how how do you define that? Right. So y- uh, you've already mentioned it. It kind of evolved yeah. uh, through the years. But what does it mean to you right now? If you, if I say mis- mission critical, uh, what does that mean? Yeah, I think in the in the past it it, it was very much about the core processes, uh, support uh, the IT support in the core processes of a uh, customer, and basically if something fails there, uh, that the, the that the CEO is worried about his business, right? Like the, I think that's how we defined it uh, uh, in the past. Um, but given also, uh, so it's changing. Uh, I think our definition as well. Uh, so uh, I think we also came up with the term society critical. Also the desire. We all know about like a lot of the IT uh, troubles our government has to see if we can make a difference there. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's another angle. But I think what we also see is given the high pace of technology change and digitalization, but also a changing world is that a lot of companies nowadays uh, really feel the urge to become more uh, agile, changeable, flexible, uh, because if they don't do, uh, they might be uh, go out, out of co- competition, right? Yeah. Like we know the, the examples of, of Kodak. And, yeah. uh, so and all I, the retail things that we have in the yeah. Netherlands and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So a lot of companies, I think, uh, uh, also are stuck uh, with the IT portfolio, right? Like the CIO wants to move forward, but he he cannot, right? Like the IT organization is 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 uh, how do you say uh, um, uh, fully booked and they ca- can't move forward. So looking for ways to to yeah to m- yeah move faster uh, and uh, and I think uh, for some companies it's really about like who who, who becomes the fastest will survive eventually uh, and that's about like changing and changing uh, to 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 this new world yeah yeah and uh, um, what I was wondering about uh, before we we move on um, we talked about Amazon uh, for a little bit is that the only platform you build on at no, the moment no, uh, wh- no. which ones do you use. Uh, the three big ones at the moment. So uh, we do business on Amazon, uh, Microsoft Azure, and uh, and Google. Uh, uh, and we're uh, uh, but it's more in a proof concept. We're also looking at Alibaba uh, uh, Cloud. So. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't yeah. uh, haven't seen anything yet in terms of actually using yeah. it, but uh, it it's coming up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it too. Uh, it's funny because we we met at the AWS summit yeah, exactly. <laughs> in yeah. in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. uh, that's why I was wondering. So um, you you have that transition from a hosting company to a software or more uh, towards the software development side. Yeah. Um, how was that for people that were working at the company at that moment? Because I can imagine that if you're primarily doing hosting or whatever, and then uh, all of a sudden, you need to move to a software side, which can be daunting. Uh, how how was that transition like? So, did you need to hire new people, or do, did you need to 
or did actually the people that were already working there transition as well? Or how how did that go? Yeah, I think uh, both. So uh, we we obviously hiring uh, other people or uh, with with different skills, and I think that that's also well. Uh, the company is is becoming bigger. Uh, the services are uh, diversifying. Um, I think what also helped is that we built our own cl cloud platform in, in 2011. Um, um, we're basically commoditizing a lot of the infrastructure knowledge uh, knowledge we had to support uh, these mission critical uh, uh, workloads. And uh, at the same time introduced, uh, and it's a, it's a DevOps concept, right? Like infrastructure as code, where you start to treat your infrastructure uh, much more as you would do with software. And I think sure. that introduced a lot of the, um, uh, yeah, continuous integration, continuous development type of principles uh, to the more operator operations focused side of the company. Uh, and I think that really helped also uh, for a lot of these, these, these engineers to basically facilitate uh, uh, software uh, development. Mm. So in that sense, uh, uh, these people changed the role and, 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 the, and the value they, they uh, are actually delivering. Um, uh, but also um, introducing training uh, uh, and uh, yeah, for, for people to, uh, to 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 adapt to this uh, to this new world. Yeah, it's a little uh, bit different. Uh, I mean, operations there, yeah. there will always still be a need for operations, right? Like we yeah. can, there's a lot of talk about no ops and uh, this kind of stuff. But in the end, even your lambda or your serverless application <laughs> runs in a network, and if stuff goes haywire, you still need the people who can actually troubleshoot that. Or if there is, I don't know, performance issues, it really helps to have this infrastructure knowledge uh, in your teams uh, yeah. so to say yeah and th that's that's a common misconception of serverless right people yeah. think that okay it runs serverless so you don't need anyone anymore that that's not the the way it works <laughs> yeah, if it breaks it really helps to have full stack knowledge at least having a, a an idea what's happening behind the scenes even yeah. if it's abstracted away by uh, by amazon or, or, or google well, we, or amazon or uh, microsoft yeah, yeah wh whoever does it but it's it's the the interesting part about that uh, to me is uh, we had a we had a thing uh, as well on our side uh, where we uh, wanted to uh, put a Lambda function in a VPC yeah. and we wanted to have internet access. <laughs> I can tell you that's yeah. a little bit daunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's kind of an, ex an, um, an example of uh, it doesn't just work all no. the time, right? And that's, that's what, uh, that's of course the premise of serverless is that you have a lot less management which is true yeah. you don't need to to update the the underlying operating systems and everything like that yeah. but it's not it doesn't mean you don't have any work anymore no. that's the thing and then, and that's also um i think the ho hosting companies are seeing that as well is that okay moving to a cloud or moving to a cloud that has serverless or whatever doesn't mean you're out of business right no. it's th there is still someone that needs to manage it a little bit yeah and i think also the, i think the individual impact of a more traditional ops engineer is actually growing right like mm. the the amount of developers an ops engineer is able to facilitate on its own uh, is 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 changing rapidly like yeah. i think in the past if you had like uh, one uh, ops guy uh, helping out uh, uh, like let's say a handful of developers that was pretty common but uh, i think uh, nowadays you see is you even want uh, how do you say for holding uh, the uh, yeah. one to 200 200 yeah, yeah. 300 and maybe even beyond that of yeah. ops versus uh, uh, developers yeah. yeah yeah because they don't need to actually think about the whole infrastructure in that sense uh, that's the thing exactly yeah, yeah so um uh, I want to talk a little bit about some projects that you were on. Uh, yeah. Just uh, what, what kind of 
What kind of projects do you usually see, right? So what are some of the challenging projects that you that you see on a day-to-day basis? Because I, I know uh, you work for a lot of companies, but it's uh, to me it's more interesting to see uh, what kind of what kind of problems do these people have? So these these companies, what do you see? Yeah, so a recent one I've been uh, putting quite some energy in lately, uh, and that's about like uh, it's a it's a, a customer with a supply chain, so it's about optimizing uh, uh, their supply chain. Um, and uh, there, there's a real business driver in in this optimization, right? Like if they could can do stuff more efficient, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's better. Yep. Yeah, it's better. Um, uh, very much business driven, but they, they have an IT organization um, uh, who is currently not able to help them out in a, f- in a fast way. Uh, so th- that's where we come in and, and, and help the, bi- the business huh, with, the, the, with the, their business challenge, so focusing on that. Yeah. And obviously uh, aligning that with their uh, internal IT organization. So um, uh, that's a, a challenge we, we see. Um, but it's also still the, 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 the other extreme side. So this is a, the very modern uh, serverless uh, uh, approach. Yeah. But the other one is also still the, the traditional side of things, right? Like a very critical IT landscape with a lot of traditional components, a lot of Oracle, uh, uh, data, big database backends, yeah. but extremely, extremely critical uh, towards our customer. Uh, and we still need to run uh, that as well. And that's also about a lot of security and compliance. Uh, they are extremely heavily regulated. So everything needs to be in order. We need to be, uh, be uh, are audited on that. So we need to have proof that we... Uh, operate the environment according to the the promises we make yeah. in that respect. So uh, I think the 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 how do you say the spectrum of challenges is only growing. So we still have the the the, the more traditional side of things versus like the companies realizing I really really need to change now or otherwise uh, I'm going I, out uh, of business or whatever. Uh, yeah, worst case. And uh, we even have customers actually also. And I have a lot of respect for that. Customers actually articulating that, like so, we know as a company that if we don't change, we will be we'll be going uh, out of business. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's uh, for me uh, an interesting perspective here is that uh, when you when you get at a client that has an internal IT organization and you're coming from the outside, yeah. so uh, a lot of uh, a lot of times what happens is that it they they will feel it as a threat, right? Sure. They they will yeah. think like okay. Oh, what's happening here, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are all these, maybe these guys or girls are coming in and uh, they are going to do a project yeah. uh, and we're not, well, you're maybe kept in the loop, but you're, you, you're still like, okay, why, right? Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you kind of mitigate that? So how do you, how do you, uh, how do you don't get that that yeah. feeling? So. Yeah, it's always it's always a challenge, and we've seen that uh, uh, the, in all the projects we've, we've done to a certain extent. Um, I think uh, uh, what what's a new a bit of a new approach we're doing. Uh, we've done it now with one uh, one client. Uh, is that we actually uh, so there's another there's another angle to it as well, right? Like so, uh, some CIOs they uh, see that they become technology company and they must be able eventually to do it themselves. But yeah. they also know that they are not capable of doing so yet. So. Uh, they need um, experience from yeah, someone else. And that, that how we do that with, with the customer currently, and that's pretty successful, is that we basically first come in and, and, and show how, how this works, right? Like how modern CI, CD processes works against a cloud platform uh, and basically build a foundation, uh, also in alignment with, uh, with the internal IT organization, 
but with some freedom. Uh, we, so we, we give some guarantees on the higher abstraction level, so we are able actually to do just our job. And then in the second phase, uh, we, uh, yeah, we have them participate, uh, giving them access to CI/CD pipelines uh, so they can actually start leveraging we call it a bit of bumper bowling. Mm. Uh, so if, uh, it, it's bowling, it's, yeah, everyone knows the bumper, bumper bowling, right? Like if yeah. the bumpers in the bowling alley and everybody can basically hit a pin uh, on the bowling alley. So yeah. that's what we build for, for those internal teams. So they can actually start bowling uh, and hit the pins and we make sure in the boundaries like security has been arranged for. Uh, so uh, stuff stays secure uh, and, and, and data don't, don't come uh, out on the street. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, they, they, they get hands-on practice, uh, maybe some formal education on the side, uh, gearing up for the phase that they actually do, just do themselves and that yeah. we hand over the environment uh, to them. So it's a, it's a phase approach. And uh, yeah, so far that seems to, to resonate with customers. Uh, and the, the, the first project where we did it, actually, uh, uh, we're now moving towards the towards the last phase yeah uh, yeah yeah it's, it's uh, as you said it's it's a little bit like uh, a bike with training wheels as well yeah, right exactly. so yeah. you're still helping someone yeah. and then after that you kind of remove the wheels and yeah. you still hold them a little bit <laughs> without hands <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah. that's that's the thing right yeah. so it is uh, th that's interesting because you're uh, basically working together with the client yeah. instead of uh, or working together with the IT organization of the client because it's not like you're coming in to swoop away their work. Exactly. Right? It's just helping them have, along. And they have valuable knowledge, right? Yeah. Like as well, uh, quite often, uh, most often, I must say. Uh, yeah, yeah, domain knowledge that you yeah. don't have as, a, exactly. as an external yeah. company in that yeah. sense. Hmm. And it also helps us scaling, right? Like so... If we can leverage their existing IT organization, also makes our life easier, right? Like so, yeah. with the same amount of uh, of engineers, we can also service more uh, customers in that uh, perspective. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, to wrap up, I yeah. have one more final question. The 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 most interesting one, I think, always. Uh, but um, what what are you most proud of since you started at uh, Schubert Phyllis? Oh, that's always a, a hard one. Hard, <laughs> hard question. Um, yeah, I think um, which what makes me proud is uh, is the company we are, right? Like, is that we are, uh, and that's uh, obviously we do that with uh, with everybody in the in the company uh, that we are able to make happy customers uh, also uh, proven, right? Like, it's Giarte uh, um, does research to that, so I think. Uh, that makes me very proud is that we can actually deliver stuff which uh, has value and makes our uh, customers happy. Um, and um, uh, yeah, from a personal perspective, um, uh, uh, yeah, th like every, the, the change from this uh, more traditional company towards uh, a company uh, embracing public cloud uh, and actually providing the same services and guarantees and achieve the same customer satisfaction uh, uh, and obviously don't do that uh, alone uh, but obviously they have a part in it and i'm yeah i'm uh, proud to see that happening really happening uh, and also uh, seeing that we can build a healthy business out of that so yeah. basically making making the change from uh, as a company yeah very cool very yeah. cool so uh 
I would like to thank you for your time. Thank for you for being here. Um, I was uh, wondering, so how can people find Schubert Phyllis? They can pri- probably schubertphyllis.com, <laughs> something yeah. like that, right? It's www.schubertphyllis.com. I will link it down yeah. below. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't have to spell it's it. It's a complex name, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you'll find it. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you uh, again. And uh, for the listeners, uh, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on uh, bitsversbyte.com. Uh, also on all major podcasting platforms and of course on Instagram, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn it's all bits vs bytes and uh, I would like to thank you for listening and until next time